Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa Kuhn. Good afternoon. You're listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard every Sunday at noon here on Talk Radio, 1370 AM, streaming live at talk1370.com. I'm Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Today's show is for all you men out there and also for the ladies who have men in your life that you love. So are you a man over the age of 35? Did you know that 75% of men over the age of 35 are plagued with heart disease and diabetes and back pain, muscle weakness, arthritis? You are also likely to die five years younger than women and develop cancer more frequently. On the other hand, you're more than likely or more likely than women to stay lean due to hormones and muscle mass and metabolic profile. Sorry, ladies. I know it's, it's not fun. So why is it that so many men suffer from obesity and higher risk of disease and low testosterone levels and decreased stamina? Is this due to pharmaceuticals or steroids? Are, are these the answer, or is there something more effective and simple? Dr. John LaPuma, an expert at helping men and women, but especially men, regain control of their health through proper diet and fitness practices without relying on drugs and hormones. Welcome to the show, doctor. Thanks, Teresa. It's great to be with you. Thank you. So. There, what you're doing today, your, your background, you are a, a medical doctor. I am. But your focus is staying away from pharmaceuticals and regaining health using nutrition. As much as possible. I think I do prescribe uh, conventional medication as well, but I probably write as many recipes on prescription slips as I do actual pharmaceuticals. How awesome. And there certainly has been a direction um, for, for medical doctors are certainly going towards that direction today. And so what's your background? What caused you to balance out your practice with writing prescriptions for recipes instead of drugs? Um, I went to cooking school about 15 years ago, and I did so because I was uh, way overweight and out of shape myself. I had a pretty high-stress job, and uh, loved it, but it really got to me, and I realized that I needed to uh, learn more about food because I was killing myself with it. So I went to cooking school, and when I went back to medical practice, I helped Michael Roizen start the Real Age uh, um, bin site and books, and we wrote the Real Age Diet and Cooking the Real Age Way together. Um, and then I moved to California, where I live now, and began uh, integrating food and medicine together um, because it's a place that's crazy about both, uh, and started ChefMD uh, as a media company and um, did that work with Lifetime and PBS for a number of years. So it's been a personal transformation and a personal goal of mine to help men become healthy. And I noticed this about 10 years ago when the Washington Post interviewed me about my medical practice, which, as you uh, say, is unusual. And it, because I see so many more men than most physicians who specialize in lifestyle and nutrition, there had to be something special 
about how I was approaching it that men were responding to. And it turns out that men really need a different and very specific, gender-specific approach to lifestyle management and to getting healthy and strong and building stamina. That's quite different than the approach that women need, which in general is more process-oriented, more nutrition-oriented, more recipe-intense, more diet-centered. Men need an approach that leverages their native metabolic advantages, as you implied in your opening statement, and allows men to take advantage of the muscle cells that we build uh, easier than women. Of course, that isn't fair, but it is genetics. So how, I'm a little confused, how is it different? Uh, How is your approach different with with females and and men? You said females are more process-oriented and men require something a little bit more specific that leverages on how their bodies are designed. Can you be a little bit more specific on that? Yes, of course, these are big generalizations, Teresa. In general, um, men really like uh, a directed, focused, programmatic, uh, please do this for these number of days. In my program, is 24 days, so the first three days you eat 50 grams of carbs a day, you use a six-inch plate, you drink citrus water and not booze, um, and at the end of uh, day three, you measure. That kind of very prescriptive approach that's direct and um, tangible and tactical is one that many men respond to almost intuitively uh, as a way to say, okay, if this is what I need to do, then let me do it. And not, um, whereas women more often are interested in many of the reasons behind doing those things that I just mentioned are, and are, are really curious about the ingredients and uh, often um, how they're processed and where they're from. Uh, obviously, these are big, broad generalizations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but men tend to like a tactical approach that uses their own metabolic advantages, and, and that's what we provide in Refuel, and it's why men have been so successful with it. And Refuel is your New York Times best-selling book. Yes, I'm. It hasn't quite. This one hasn't hit the Times best list yet, but uh, with your help, I hope it will, because men really need it, as you pointed out in the opening. Um, men uh, not only die five years earlier and get more cancer than women, but uh, get diabetes earlier have 92% of the workplace deaths, have four times the suicide rate. It's really remarkable uh, that men's health hasn't gotten much attention. But here in June, uh, this is Men's Health Month, and, and Father's Day makes us think about all the things that are important to us as men, whether we have children or not. And I think that it's the exact right time to say, look, your health matters. It matters not just so that you can preserve and build wealth, but also because you can take care of family and others better. You can be kinder and more compassionate and stronger and have more stamina. You can become more of a man if you, in fact, are healthy. If you're not healthy, you can't do anything. I'm sure most of us have seen the advertisements, either online or in the airplane magazines, of a before and after picture of a, of a man before hormones, after hormones. And the advertising is for um, hormone therapy. But you're advocating becoming healthier, increasing your stamina through food. 
and not hormone replacement therapy. Is that correct? That is correct. I wrote a New York Times op-ed earlier this year that that um, is entitled "Don't Ask Your Doctor About Low T," and it seems to have catalyzed this discussion about low testosterone and the really aggressive marketing that pharmaceutical manufacturers have uh, put on television and everywhere, from ESPN to NBC to online, that makes men feel inadequate if they have some of the normal signs and symptoms of aging. And I just think that's wrong. You know, men's testosterone levels are declining over time, but the primary reason for that is that the belly fat that most men have uh, is not just a muffin top or a beer belly. It's actually an estrogen factory. Men's visceral fat converts the testosterone that their testes make into estrogen, so they both have a lower testosterone level and a higher estrogen level, but they don't have low T because they have a hormone deficiency. They have a lower testosterone level because they're overweight. But there's a way out of that. And the way out of that is to begin to eat foods that raise your testosterone naturally, to do exercises that raise your testosterone naturally, and to manage stress and sleep in a way that are lead to optimal functioning, not to uh, feeling drugged and like a lump, like too many men do. And a lot of folks don't know about the testosterone medication is that it often shuts off your own supply for good and uh, shrinks testicles into little marbles and is something that can rub off on uh, women and other partners that we love. And that affects them in very negative ways, and so much so that there are black box warnings about it, not to mention the recent FDA investigation, which is still ongoing, into heart attacks and strokes caused prematurely in men, apparently, by these medications. So men can do better than this. Men don't have to rely on drugs. Men, can, uh, men like doing things themselves, and food and fitness and getting strong and building stamina having good sex drive and having sex, period, are part of being a man. And when men learn how food works in their body, when they learn how to do, uh, how to conduct themselves so that they eat for, for energy and fuel, not just because it's there and it's time, it really makes a world of difference. And I have such great stories of men who have called me from the bottom of the Grand Canyon with the number of steps on their pedometer, who uh, no longer need seatbelt extenders on an airplane or in a, have to now push their car seat forward because they lost their belly and they need to be able to get closer to the ceiling we- steering wheel. It's just really amazing the kind of progress men can make. And they do this not just for themselves, but for their families and for the idea that they really want to be good men, and that this is part of being a good man, being a healthy man. So for women, there are many different types of body styles or body um, profiles. You know, you've got women uh, who carry their fat in their bellies and women who carry their fat in their bottoms and um, others more top-heavy, shoulders, breasts. For men, is it typically they carry most of their weight in their belly? Yes, men carry their weight in their belly. Women, as you point out, carry their weight everywhere they don't want to. (laughs) But men only carry their weight in their belly, and that's still biologically determined. 
Um, and that's why that muffin top is actually an estrogen factory, because all that visceral fat inside takes the testosterone, the testicles may convert into estrogen, as I mentioned. But you can do things to counteract that. That doesn't have to be. You can actually lose that belly fat that is working as a hormone-producing organ. You don't have to let the extra sugar and starch that's killing men with heart attacks and, and low T kill you. Um, and you don't have to wait to do it either. You can make significant differences in just 24 days. It just starts you out. But in our program that we presented at Stanford, 62% of men lost 10 pounds or more, 67% picked up greater energy, and three-quarters increased their muscle mass and got better sleep quality. And, and we didn't do anything except say, here, for 24 days, we want you to eat 50 grams of carbs a day for two days in a row. That's it. And then eat sensibly. Make vegetables a bigger part of your life. Don't deep fry batter bread and disguise them. Just uh, uh, eat simply, eat lower-carb vegetables, eat cauliflower, eat broccoli, eat Brussels sprouts, eat spinach. Uh, and we give recipes. In fact, the spicy teriyaki broccoli is making me salivate even as I talk to you. Um, uh, there's a wonderful sirloin asparagus with grilled sirloin steak with grilled asparagus. There's the only guacamole you'll ever need. There's a cauliflower popcorn, which is awesome that people are eating like popcorn, I understand. Uh, roasting cauliflower until it's sweet and uh, caramelized for less than 20 minutes with a little bit of olive oil, salt, pepper, and Parmesan Reggiano. There's a great roast chicken uh, dish that uh, I actually modified from Per Se, with the famous New York restaurant, uh, with lemon and garlic juices, with uh, just six ingredients, including the chicken and black pepper. It's just awesome and very easy to do. Even if you don't cook, there's a whole chapter on how to decode a menu so that chefs speak to you in the language that you understand instead of the language they understand so that you can employ my 11 strategies for restaurant survival, cuisine by cuisine, Chinese and American and Mexican and Italian and so on. This is really a lot simpler than most people think. And the magic to refuel is that makes you feel better right away. Um, that you can boost your testosterone with what you eat and how you live if you believe, as I do, that food is fuel and that you don't have to be drugged. Um, this is a, a way for men to become better men. It sounds so simple. It is simple. But men haven't really been given this kind of information before. Almost all uh, diet books are written for women. And, and with good reason. Women are really much more interested, generally speaking, than men are. And men often have not been schooled with the idea that food really makes a difference in their energy level, in their stamina, in their strength, in their sleep quality, and even how they manage stress. So I ask men to eat uh, more cruciferous vegetables because it blunts the estrogen in their body. I ask men to get enough vitamin D3 because if you raise your level from 40 to 50, you increase your testosterone level 10 to 15%, and that helps you burn calories as well. In fact, losing 8.5% uh, of your body weight, uh, which in a 200-pound guy is 17 pounds, losing 8.5% of your body weight raises your testosterone level about 15%. Um, uh, avoiding the toxins that are on uh, those gas station receipts and um, other kinds of thermal paper receipts that are impregnated with a chemical 
chemical called bisphenol A, which is now being taken out of baby bottles in the United States and has been taken out of baby bottles in Canada and in some parts of Europe, um, is also really important because that acts as an estrogen in your body, not something you want. Same thing for the linings of cans. So I show you how to look for BPA-free vegetables and to take that receipt and fold it up and uh, make sure that it doesn't touch any surfaces. Uh, and use an electronic receipt instead of getting a paper receipt whenever you can. You know, I think there's an estrogen epidemic, really, if you look for for men and women, right? I I quite agree. And and it's in it's it's in the water, and which is why it's another reason it's so important to filter your water. Uh, I personally have a reverse osmosis system, and I think they're the best kinds of systems to take the toxins out of water. But even if you don't have an RO system, a good filter for water, and Brita makes good filters, um, takes out a lot of the uh, estrogenic chemicals and even pharmaceuticals that are in the water that can change uh, sensitive people's metabolism. Uh, There are really easy, simple things to do, and the way to do this is to just start at the beginning, take one step, and then take another. Man boobs, that's a symptom of having high estrogen. Moobs, as we call them. Moobs, right. Yeah. And if you look around, you see more and, at least I've noticed, more and more men, you know, with with moobs. And you guys can get away with um, carrying a lot more fat than women. And I think that's why women as a society, right, women and our bodies, you know, we're more fixated on you know, fat in our bodies and how men respond to us when we're heavy. And and men can get away with a lot more weight, which I think also um, creates part of that problem where men aren't as motivated to lose weight because it's not as much of an issue. It's not as much as a a body issue. But really, your, your whole program is about the health aspect of it, not necessarily the... Uh, the aesthetic, but the aesthetic is certain, certainly a benefit. If you look better, you're going to feel it, better. Absolutely. And I think looking better and feeling better are two sides of the same coin. I also think it's underestimated. Men's body image, ideal body image, is underestimated as in importance to men. Men actually like looking better even probably more than they like feeling better because they don't know how good they can feel if they're saddled with extra body fat and are just used to carrying it around. I think men can get away with it aesthetically because men aren't judged on their appearance as much as women are, as unfair as that is in our society. But they can't get away with it in their 40s and 50s and 60s when what happens is that heart attacks catch up with them, diabetes catches up with them, strokes catch up with them, early cancer catches up with them. And the way that they're being hindered now is that their energy level is not quite what it used to be. And that's because their pipes generally are stiffening. Atherosclerosis is a disease that allows arteries to become inflexible and gives you heart attacks and strokes and also gives you erectile dysfunction if you're a man. It's the same process, except the penile artery is about the size of a drink stirrer, and a, and a coronary artery for your heart is the size of a pencil. So the erectile dysfunction is actually not a testosterone program problem. It's a, a hardening of the arteries program problem. And that also can be reversed 
with what you eat and how you live. If you eat more plants, if you stop the soda and the sugary drinks and the sweet tea, if you get the starch out of your diet uh, as much as you can, uh, if, if you don't buy food that lies to you, that promise you, promises you benefits that can't be realized, uh, if you cook something yourself just once a week, that's a start towards getting better food in your body because almost whatever you cook is going to be better than almost whatever you buy. Uh, and it's powerful. Women can help with this, of course. Women can can offer to cook any, any recipe in refuel or any healthy recipe that a man wants to try. Um, they can offer to, to do a let's get healthy program together. You don't have to call it weight loss um, uh, because men care deeply about uh, about their partners, and women care that they have a partner that can be as energetic as they are, can be as um, interested in in being active with the kids as they are, uh, can can do the the things that uh, couples want to do together because you have the energy to do it. Um, and when men and women do this kind of program together, it's even more successful. So for women who want to help a man or help a man get healthy or even just want some help in the kitchen, this is the kind of program that uh, is specifically created as a nightstand gift. And uh, another benefit might be the reduction of erectile dysfunction ads that we are constantly being bombarded with, right? If this problem is is solved, then we won't have to <laughs> watch those commercials hear those, anymore. Hear those commercials over and over again. And the same thing is true for sex drive, which is why the low yes. testosterone commercials have been so prevalent, I think. Yes. Um, you, you would think yeah. this problem is so epidemic just based on the number of commercials that come on over and over and over again. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, you do not want to miss today's show. We're learning how to improve your health, especially men's health, through nutrition with Dr. John LaPuma. Living Wealthy Radio. Visit Teresa's team online at livingwealthyradio.com, 1-800-382-0830 now. Call 1-800-382-0830. Welcome back, Austin, to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. If you're just now joining us, we're speaking with physician, chef, and health expert. Yes, you heard that correctly. Physician and chef. Dr. John LaPuma about improving stamina, health, and hormonal levels through proper diet and exercise. And, and doctor, I'm so impressed that, you know, you, you were a medical doctor, had your practice, and you went to chef school because you had an interest in the connection between the nutrition and health. How many other medical doctors have you met who have taken a break from their practice to go to chef school? Four or five. Seriously? I work, yes. I wow. work with one in Chicago at Topla Bombo, uh, Rick Bayless's terrific Mexican restaurant, for four years. Um, and then I met another guy in Philadelphia and another pers- another woman in um, in the Bay Area. So about there are probably at least half a dozen of us that I know. And it's such a wonderful 
peer group because cooking and medicine have so much in common, really. Well, I believe health begins with the food, right? The food that you eat. But what's interesting from the medical school perspective, I've heard over and over again, medical school, medical school, many medical schools don't teach nutrition, or if they do, it's an hour or three hours of the whole entire curriculum. That's right. I only got four hours of nutrition in medical school. And when Mike Roizen and I taught the first cooking and nutrition course to medical students at SUNY in uh, Syracuse, it was, uh, that was about 20 hours. But that was much more than, than almost any other school. On average, schools only offer about 22 hours, and you can actually still graduate from medical school in the United States, six medical schools in the United States, without any hours in nutrition. So why do you think that is? The curriculum in medical schools is a really political document. It's, um, it's kind of like either making sausage or legislation. It's really hard to get space in it, and it's very competitive to try to prove the worth of one discipline or another. And I think nutrition simply hasn't been taken seriously in medical curricula for perhaps uh, certainly for decades. So I think now that the public is so much more interested in nutrition, I think, I certainly hope that we'll see more physicians become interested in nutrition and actually teach their patients about it in a hands-on, personal way. I have a, a little different perspective. I think it has to do with the money from the pharmaceutical industries uh, and the funding of the curriculum by the pharmaceutical industry but not sure if you agree with that. I think there is, there's no doubt that there's a great deal of pharmaceutical money that influences the practice of medicine. I think actually we're, we're actually pretty close in position. It is a political process. You're probably just more insightful about what goes on in those political meetings than I am. I, I have a philosophy, which is follow the money. <laughs> And so anything I look at, I say, okay, who's benefiting? And, you know, unfortunately uh, for the pharmaceutical industry, from their perspective, you know, food is medicine, right? And, but it's medicine they don't make any money on. And so if, if people get healthy based on nutrition and what you're advocating, I, I'm sure as a doctor, you're writing a lot less prescriptions than your colleagues. I am, absolutely. Uh, you know what? You're hosting the right show. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. And, and what, we, what we do in the show, Living Wealthy, I actually work with money. And, um, but when I started my radio show, it was about offering information to people um, from an alternative perspective. My father happens to be a medical doctor, but his paradigm was a little bit different. You know, we grew up not eating processed foods, and we grew up with a lot of, um, I mean, no pop, no sugar, no processed foods. I mean, we grew up very, very differently than the average American, right? And so I, I know wealth is so much more than money. And if you don't have your health, it doesn't matter how much money you have. And we look at Steve Jobs as a perfect example of that, right? And Lord knows why he developed cancer and, and died from cancer. But nutrition is just so, I mean, it's, I think, the bedrock of, of health. And you figured that out, and you've got some really good strategies, starting with, um, you know, most of us know the foods that we, we should eat, 
but what foods should we avoid? Like absolutely, without a doubt, if you've got a list of uh, the foods we should stay away from, what, what would you say is on that list? Well, let me tell you about the foods to avoid in a moment. But uh, first, I'm so really impressed that your dad saw the way uh, so early and before so many conventional physicians, and undoubtedly it's contributed to his great health now. I, I believe so. And, and you know, his, his information actually came from his aunt, who uh, my great aunt, who was a... Uh, a PhD in chemistry. She taught at Georgia Tech University uh, way before, you know, uh, women in sciences was vogue, right? She was a maverick. And she had a great influence on on my parents and our families and what we ate and um, the food choices uh, my, my parents made. And so, you know, we, we, the, the, result of that is, you know, my father still being engaged and being healthy enough to work at 77, and all three of us kids are very involved with health and really uh, focus on uh, living well through food and not processed food. And so we eat different. We are different. But today, we're not so different because I think there's more and more awareness as to good food choices and processed food and GMO and organic and what all that means. So the way people eating are eating today and the recognition of how to eat well is how we were raised many years That's ago. powerful because the foods that men should avoid are ones that are, for many men, addictive in quality. They're ones that are very high sugar um, I'm, ones I'm sure you didn't eat growing up on a regular basis. Uh, almost every soda, every fruit juice, every uh, anything with a drink or aid at the end of it, um, sweet tea, uh, anything where the, the, you're using sugar or corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup or um, uh, any kind of processed sugar is going to trigger in your brain some of the same reactions that narcotics trigger. And some people are actually susceptible to it in the same addictive fashion. The easiest thing for most men is to stop drinking calories. Don't drink. If, if it's got calories, don't drink it. Um, and that by itself uh, helps to take pounds off in a few ways. First, um, uh, you, it the sugar doesn't get stored as fat right away. Second, um, because there's no satiety to liquids, liquids just pass right through you. They don't really fill you up um, or trigger any of the satiety mechanisms in the stomach or brain. And so when you're drinking, you're just satisfying thirst. Third, um, instead of drinking a sweetened drink, if you drink, for example, my citrus water, which is a quarter cup of lemon juice and three liters of filtered water, you gain the advantages of um, the, the vitamin C in the citrus, which helps you make growth hormone at night, which is the only time you make growth hormone if you're a man. Same thing with testosterone, by the way. It's only made at night, so you've got to get enough sleep. Um, and the, the citrus uh, contains a little bit of synephrine, which is a chemical that increases metabolism in men and helps you burn calories even while you're asleep. Plus, the citrus makes it taste good. Citrus water is what you ought to be drinking. Don't drink your calories. It, that by itself is going to make a five-pound-a-month difference for most guys. 
What about the diet sodas? As you can argue they don't have any calories. Diet drinks have some of the same effects as full-calorie sodas in that they cause the pancreas to release insulin in your body. Insulin is both the fat storage hormone and the hormone that helps you use sugar in your bloodstream for energy. It hasn't been shown before that diet drinks cause insulin release, but recently it has. And that's one of the reasons that people may not lose weight when they drink diet drinks instead of uh, regular soda, because the body thinks that it's sweet and therefore release insulin, which for many guys just means that they store more fat, because that's the other function of insulin, to store fat. And so I prefer to use regular water, uh, bubbling water, or sparkling water, or citrus water. And there's a great easy recipe in the book that every guy can make, quarter cup of citrus, preferably with sliced orange or lemon, and three liters of of filtered water. A lot of guys are actually thirsty when they think they're hungry. That's the other Mm -hmm. advantage to making sure you get your three liters in before five o'clock. And that fake sugar. So you talk about limiting sugar in general, but the fake sugar which is in the diet sodas, but it's not only in the diet drinks, it's also in so many processed foods, uh, along with... There are a lot of fake sugar in processed foods, a lot of extra sodium in processed foods, a lot of extra gluten in processed food. But the real culprit for most guys is too much sugar and too much starch in what you're drinking or eating. And that's why we had this simple rule, if you can crush or crumple it, don't eat it. So a hamburger bun, for example, or white bread uh, or french fries, all that stuff is you can squish. And that means it's got really no nutrition left in it. And often it's going to make you hungrier because a lot of starchy and sugary foods do that for men. Uh, but it's harder to crush a whole stalk of broccoli uh, or an actual zucchini or uh, a chicken breast. And... So if you can crush or crumple it, don't eat it. Drink three liters of citrus water before 5 o'clock every day. And you'll start, it's a great way to get the sugar, sugary, starchy, addictive foods out of your body. And with your 24-day uh, nutrition guideline, the first two, three days, you're limiting your sugar, which should lower your cravings overall, but the first couple days could be tough for somebody who's used to drinking a lot of a lot of sugary type of drinks. It is tough for somebody who's used to drinking a lot of sugary drinks because it's brand new, and it's tough for the first three days. But guys can do anything for the first three days. In fact, in my opinion, guys can do anything for 24 days. The guys in our study did, and they lost, you know, 10 pounds or more on average, uh, had better energy level, boosted their muscle mass, and got better sleep and sleep quality. Um, so it, anything that's worth doing takes a little effort. Uh, but this is really very little effort because I wanted to make it as easy as possible for guys to, to be successful, and I'm really so happy that so many guys have been successful just in the first uh, six months that the book is out. What about stress? How does stress affect Uh, the ability to lose weight and raise the testosterone levels? Um, Stress actually blunts testosterone levels 
and it makes it harder to lose weight. A lot of guys don't really recognize that they're stressed. They just know that they've got to keep going, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, the health impacts of stress are pretty significant, as you, as you probably know, that it's not something that guys want to live with, but it often interrupts sleep. It makes it more difficult to concentrate, uh, increases inflammation in the body, um, which is the primary cause of, of uh, heart disease, and is something that we want to try to tone down. Um, the problem is that stress could be killing you, uh, not softly, but slowly, and sabotaging your work and your family. So um, what we try to do is give guys easy breathing techniques and, uh, and show guys how to use exercise and even sex to help alleviate stress in a way that is healthy instead of drinking their way out of it or punching their way out of it or doing something really destructive. What about alcohol? Sadly, alcohol lowers testosterone levels. So it's, for the first 17 days of the program, you don't drink. And then you go back to drinking a couple glasses of wine a week if you want. Um, that doesn't sound like much for guys who are used to drinking a couple a night or, or even seven on Friday night. Not the same thing, of course. Um, but it really does clear your mind in a way that you don't expect. If you, just, if you skip the booze for the 17-day period in our 24-day program, you'll be surprised by how much more energy you have, how much clearer you think, how much better you're sleeping, um, how, how much stronger you feel. It's really amazing. Um, I love wine. I think wine is part of life. I make wine and have for 20 years. It's a really important part of my social circle and, and uh, farm life. But it also, for guys who need to get healthy, can really get in the way. So for 17 days, you're, drinking, you're not drinking your calories. After that, I think you can go back to it and see how it makes you feel. How many glasses of wine do you drink a week? Um, this week I'm stopping drinking, so I'm not drinking more than one or two. I think on average I probably have four or five in a week, but even that much as I get older seems more than I can handle and be as sharp and bright and clear and crisp and helpful as I want to be. Um, it's really surprising to me and disappointing in some ways because I love wine and I love Beer, and I think the flavors are remarkable, and I love the people who make it and, and drink it and the conviviality behind it. But if you're trying to get healthy, you're being deliberate, and you're saying, dang it, this refuel works for other guys, I'm going to give it a shot, then you've got to do it. And so you skip it for 17 days, and then you go back to it, and, and not only can you sip more clearly, and you don't guzzle it, but instead sip it, whether it's beer or wine or spirits, or cider for that matter, you, you develop a greater appreciation. You say, hey, it is quality instead of quantity. And that's a great, a great mantra to live by. Mm -hmm. I personally don't drink and uh, haven't for, for many decades. And I have friends who from time to time will stop drinking based on um, my own unspoken influence because I'm not, I'm not advocating that they stop drinking. I advocate do what's healthy, right? And they report back. 
this feeling of, of clarity and focus that they haven't had for years. And even though they might go back to drinking because they're, they're stopping for just a limited period of time, uh, they, they talk about how they felt when they weren't drinking. Uh, and, and those who know me, <laughs> many times they suggest, you know, you should have a glass of wine. And, I, you know, I, I kind of am toying with that idea. I may, I may, I may play with that. Because uh, you guys are just having way it. too much yeah. fun. I would encourage it. I think wine is a great part of life and uh, a wonderful beverage with meals. Uh, and I think what many guys do is simply rethink their drink. Instead of pounding beers, they have citrus water, and they have one beer, which they sip. Um, instead, of, uh, instead of draining half a bottle of wine that is a $5 bottle off the shelf, they buy a $20 bottle, and they sip it, you know, half, a, half an ounce at a time or less. And um, they rethink other things. They, you eat nuts instead of chips. You eat an apple instead of a donut. You do five minutes of high-intensity interval training every day instead of jogging for two miles because the high-intensity interval training actually boosts your testosterone level a little better than the, than the long jog. The long jog is good. It allows you to reflect and keeps you away from food, but the high-intensity interval training builds muscle and stamina faster and increases testosterone as well. Um, so guys can uh, take control in ways I think they just haven't been taught, and that's what we try to do in Refuel, to say, listen, the wrong fuel acts as a drug, and makes overweight men hungrier, you don't have to do that. Your body is meant to be a high-efficiency machine. Use it. Well, I love your message. I love your book, Refuel. It's on Amazon. Your website, uh, can you share with our listeners your website and how they can yes. get more information? Yes, drjohnlapuma.com is my website, and refuelmen.com has a, uh, a scientifically-based low-testosterone quiz as well as links to free recipes and other freebies. And as always, on livingwealthyradio.com, we will post uh, the recording of the show and also have links to your websites. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us today on Living Wealthy Radio. Again, love your message for all the men out there that we love and adore. We want them healthy and living a great long life. Thanks for joining us, Doctor. Great to be with you, Teresa. Thank you. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio on Talk 1370 and streaming live at talk1370.com. I'm Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.